What's up, everybody? Before we jump into this week's episode of Sunday Night Teacher Talk, I wanted to let you know that on February 29th, we are doing a training about st around student engagement. And I am going at student engagement in a different way than I've ever done before because I want you to realize that the biggest issue for teachers right now is classroom management. And so how can we use student engagement to not just make class fun, right? We're not just talking about jumping off desks and making it the most circus-like uh, room transformation situation ever, but how can we engage students in a way that's going to take your top tier performers, your slightly more reluctant kids, and the kids that do not care about school, kids that might hate class, might hate you. How do we help them to get engaged and become an active participant in their own learning? And I have a, this whole training is designed around that. It's priced starting at only $39. So we try to really price it for teachers. And that's it. February 29th, it's happening. You can sign up in the link that's going to be in the description of this episode, no matter where you're listening to it. Uh, and that's it, gang. Here, enjoy the rest of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. Peace. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sunday Night Teacher Talk. This is uh, this is magical. So glad that you're here, really. Uh, it is um, something that I think is, if it is not the ordinary, right? Is we are not doing the ordinary thing here to meet on Sundays. So I couldn't be more excited. And I'll tell you what one of my pet peeves is, is when people don't have their hoods right. And I can see mine in the video. So uh, if you, so look, a, a lot of people don't know this, but um, if you're streaming this, like, so if you can't catch the live and you're listening to this as the recording, but you want to like listen to it on your way to work and not have to listen to like, Sometimes the ads, sometimes it's like you have to download it and stuff like that. It's available on all streaming platforms as well. So like you can listen to this on Facebook. You can listen to this on, I mean, YouTube gets views, but I mean, this is really about what's best for you. So um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, this is available there as well. And then on Spotify, the podcast is a video as well. We just upload the video um, Ramina does it for us. And, uh, yeah, so it all works out and to, to whatever way is easiest and best for you to be able to, to, to get it. Um, were you going to say something? No. Nope. All right. So in the middle of this, there is a small chance. So behind us is like the front doors out that way. Uh, cause our house is like an L. So there is a chance that sometime in the middle of this, our dog starts barking like crazy because our kids, I have, I have, inv I invent moments, right? I invent a lot of moments. I invent a lot of songs that go with moments. So all, most moments have a jingle. So like when my wife makes breakfast in the morning and we all sit at the bar and she's on the other side of the bar, we call it Jen's diner. And we have a song that goes along with Jen's diner. We don't need to sing the song. Thank you. All right. I was going to, but okay. Uh, <laughs> The so today's new thing was I invented um outside boring time, which is I don't care if my kids think it's boring, you have to leave the house and go outside for like 30 to 60 minutes and go do something. I don't care what you do, you could do slight vandalism. I just get out of the house, which is really just walking around putting googly eyes on stuff. That's what my kids think it is. Um, so a few minutes ago, my daughter called me and told me they were lost. She's like, I have no idea where I am. So I look it up on my on my uh on my phone and i can see where she is and i just said like figure it out like figure out how to get home and they, she was like all right so i said but if you can't 
let mom know and she'll come pick you up even if it's in the middle of the show. So I just went, I might have to leave case. Yeah. In case there's some distraction. This makes me think of, for those of you that have ever seen, this is 40. Um, who's the main guy in that it's Ant-Man. I forget what his real name is. So yes, I'm blanking. He, he, it is, he and his wife are turning 40 and there's a scene in it where the mom is like, you're on tech too much. You can't be on tech this much. And she's like, what else am I supposed to do? She's like, I don't know. Go outside. Find a stick. Build a fort. And she's like, what? What am I supposed to do with a stick? And we showed it to our daughter because we, that is like, I feel well, like. Well, because we, when we, we when said we were that kids, one time and like, we were like, wait a minute. We, we just pulled it. This is. Cool. I literally played outside What'd under a big pine tree that yeah. like had this it made this cool fort and yeah. we like imagined in there and like i don't know we just played outside with some rocks and some sticks and made a fort and like yeah, my mom kicked us out all the time my mom would go go outside do what i don't know let get the stink off of you blow the stink off of you only i smelled when i was kidding anyway can we answer some questions stagnant I mean, here we inside. go here we go okay uh, Professor Zest is up first. Uh, I might be taking my daughter on one of her dream trips to Albuquerque, New nice. Mexico this summer. She wants to learn more about her Native American side. What are some must-sees that you would recommend? So for me, if anyone else knows some spots, um, you, man. So I'll tell you what, I, um, this church that we've been going to, so actually it is part of where Brody goes to school. Brody's teacher is a direct descendant of Sheriff Brady, who was around when the Lincoln County Wars were happening, which is like where Billy the Kid was happening. And he was shot by Billy the Kid. I don't think he, it, it didn't kill him. But um, that's like a claim to fame in their family, which is pretty damn good claim to fame. Is like, yeah, my great uncle got shot by Billy the Kid. Like, what? Man, um, that's a weird thing to be proud of. Anyway, uh, or, or for me to even be excited about, but not for them to not be proud of. But in the travels I've done in New Mexico, uh, this isn't a comprehensive list, but I would say one, um, go on Instagram and follow. There's a couple of things like there's a New Mexico, like, I don't know, like an Instagram page that I follow. That's awesome. There's tons of cool stuff. But depending on how old your daughter is, I would say Bandelier is a great place that are like these these cliffs that are made out of, I think it's some kind of volcanic rock that uh, indigenous peoples would like scrape away with stones or with sticks and make these caves. And there's, it's like a, it's like a mountain, like a cliff with caves in it. And it's cr incredible. You can walk up in there and stuff. I would say not, has nothing to do with indigenous people, but um, Meow Wolf, if you don't haven't looked up that place before, that you're going to get mad dad points for that one. Um, Anything around Santa Fe is really cool. Uh, up in the north, those are the places that come to mind the fastest for me. I feel like we haven't been here long enough to know all the spots. Yeah. Like we've but only even been here from like five before, or six months. It's like, yeah, because there's. I know there's there's more stuff around. But what's that those one are, really cool cave that the guy like? Did tons of oh, art in snap. that is cool. Where is that located? Do you remember? Zest, shoot me an email at realrapwithreynolds at gmail.com and I'll send you. There's this other guy who, same kind of thing as Bandelier, but he made like he caves did art of artwork. Out of it. There's a whole documentary on it, and um, it's it is 
mind-boggling what this dude did. Uh, so yeah. So if you want to send me an email, I can send you that the link to that, but because I can't think of it off the top of my head. But those are my go-to answers, real quick. Someone said, uh, "Taos, New Mexico, Carlsbad oh, Caverns." Is Carlsbad's the, down south. Is though. Taos the place where the guy did the cave art? I think it's near there. Okay. Um, and then, which is still up north, and then uh, Carlsbad, because there's also like White Sands is rad. Uh, I'm planning on going to Loretto Chapel, Santa Fe, look up the okay. staircase. So there's some good stuff even yeah. in the comment section. People are putting Uh fun fact. Someone in our comments, I'm not going to say their name. Uh, Paul Rudd is the actor that we were talking yeah. about earlier from Ant-Man. And someone went to their friend from high school is Paul Rudd's assistant. Well, that's a fun fact. Really? Know. He is. I mean, talk he's about so great. He seems celebs like that I would like mm -hmm. to get a drink with. Um, he's got to be up there because yeah. he just seems so funny. All right. Kelly is up next asking, hi, if you are concerned about the way another teacher yells and disrespects the students, what can you do? Admin likes this teacher also. Oh, geez. It's a tough one. Uh, admin likes this teacher also. <laughs> so my go-to is helping kids advocate for themselves. I don't, I mean, you could you could go speak to that if you want to. Have I done that? I've not spoken to someone because they yell at kids, but I have certainly spoken to people about the behavior of their class because I can hear it through the wall next door. I hear it in the hallway outside. Um, just things popping off. Um, have I yelled at a teacher about it once? Once. And that's because his kids took a fire extinguisher and sprayed it all over the room and then it emptied out into the hallway and then got into my room and I got mad. I feel like that was justified. Uh, so <laughs> the, but um, I don't know if I've talked to someone about yelling at their students. I think what I've done more so, because I just, that, if I felt like that would work, I would do it. It's not having the difficult conversation. It's just like, is this going to work or is it just going to make you feel ashamed and then mad and then resentful and then you hate me? So, and then that's like counterproductive. So, and, and I don't think it's going to stop you from moving forward and yelling at your students even more or, or, or at least the same that you were before. So, teaching kids to advocate for themselves is like when kids come to me and they go, Oh, this person, this teacher, they just, they yell at us all the time. They don't grade our work. Uh, they, I got kicked out. Like, um, one time, one time cheese, cheesesteak. And I think it was cheesesteak and Cephas got in trouble. They, the teacher said they were watching pornography on the Promethean board. Do you remember this? No. And I find out about it and she is livid, man. She was one of those like taught at our school for like a year. Um, livid. And uh, and look, I'm no judgment to her, right? But because she seemed like a great teacher, to be honest with you. But um they came to me and I was pissed. I didn't even wait to find out their answer. I'm like, what? Like, you guys thought this is funny, like pulling porn up and then like leaving the room. And turns out they did not do it, but they got in so much trouble. She was convinced that they did it. And so I had to walk them through, like, here's how you're going to navigate this situation. That 
when a teacher is yelling at you and a teacher's not grading your work, if you just go up to them and say, like, why are you always yelling at us? You never grade our stuff. Why don't you grade our stuff? It is not going to work. So maybe emailing that teacher and CCing, not BCCing, like be up, up close and honest about BCC or, or CC your principal or the assistant principal or a teacher that you connect with well or your parents and have some kind of like, hey, look, this is what I think I'm seeing in class lately. It feels like we're being yelled at a lot or that you're yelling at the class a lot. And, so, and instead of just addressing the people that are like exhibiting the poor behavior and I'm wondering, you know, this is how it's making me feel or whatever that is, right? It's giving them a chance and maybe even helping them write this email. So that is out there. It's also connecting to other people that are important. But I think what it shows teachers is that sometimes you can't just do whatever you want and think there's no ramifications. There, I've worked with plenty of teachers like that, that used that have done all kinds of things in class and they think they can just get away with it because, because they're the teacher. And it's like, no, if you are, if you're, you know, harming a child doesn't just mean like you're hurting them physically, but mentally, emotionally, uh, putting them on blast socially. Like these are things that we need to really be careful of. And and I understand where that feeling can come from, where you feel explosive. Sometimes I have exploded on my classes before, but it's, it's teaching kids to advocate for themselves. I think that's the best course of action. You could have somebody else do it for them, but, but that's not going to teach them long-term how to handle this. Should they have a boss that does that? If they have um, another teacher in the future or a professor that does it or something like that, it's teaching them to stick up for themselves in, in a way that is, that is cool, calm, and collected. All right. Uh, Gian is up next asking any thoughts on seamlessly interweaving daily learning targets in with your state standards so that the observer can see and feel the flow of the lesson and how it all connects, uh, connects all the dots. So, um, I like that sometimes you have to reread them for yourself. Yeah. Cause I just want to make, there's like certain parts where like daily learning targets, um, in with your state standards. I, so Gian, my sense is that you have a you have a sense of how you're doing that or or how you should do that. I don't so what I would do is if I have an observer and they're they're worth anything, right? I've had plenty, of, I've talked about this a million times. I've had plenty of observers that were worth nothing and because they just were on Amazon the whole time and not really paying attention to what was going on. But if I have someone that I really want to observe me, um, and I know this this person I'm referring to was a guy that taught. I don't know if he ever really taught. I think he taught like honors or AP. And then that was it. It was like one of these, like it was an administrative position, but I also taught AP. And so everyone like that gives you a false sense of how good you are sometimes. Cause like these kids are already in advanced placement, but, um, but he had, it was, he was a hot mess. And then when he would come in to observe me, I'm like, I don't even, trust what you're saying, right? So, and you just had a checklist. It was a whole thing. Anyway, that being said, I've had other people like my buddy Witter used to come in and observe me and man, he had the eagle eye. He could see, he could not just tell you what you weren't doing right, but he might give you like a, a shift. 
I love that you're doing this. Shift this a little bit and see what happens. So it didn't become like a, hey, you're going to see results immediately if you do this. Let's try this. Let's see if this works. Let's shift this. And that I thought was, it was brilliant. Um, and I had a mad respect for this dude, right? Still do. He, I have something in my eye. Um, it's distracting me, my ADD. So what I would, what I started doing was meeting with him before I got observed. And this is, I think, something you might want to do and saying, look, I have some ideas. This is where I'm trying to connect these things. So like what you're doing is like laying out the plan almost so that they can see what you're doing. So they don't have to figure it out. They're not looking for like, how are they connecting all these dots? You're connecting the dots for them. Then they come in and see you. And then afterwards, go seek them out. Don't wait to be seen because it's like, while it's fresh in your mind, it's saying like, hey, can we meet at the end of the day? That day, even if the formal observation hasn't been written up, but I'm just curious, I don't want to wait. And while it's fresh, I just want to know, like, did you see these things? And then it's always important to take feedback as a way to get better, right? It's not just, we're never shooting for perfect. Like going into an observation and shooting for, I just want everything to go just right and the kids to act just right and everything to be perfect. No, I'm looking for feedback. I'm looking for what I didn't do well, because if that happened, then I know how to grow next time. So then the next time you have an observation, hey, listen, last time you said this, this, and this, these are the changes I made. I'm going to do it again. I want you to come in and see, or asking them, hey, can you come in for an in informal observation one day next week for like 15 minutes, beginning of class, end of class, middle of class. I want you to see this. And what that's showing that person also is that you are actively trying to get better, right? Which you are, right? Gian, you're the person, like you, every week you show up on Sunday night teacher talk and ask questions, right? You're already actively trying to get better. So showing them this, I think is going to start to build a relationship that shows that you are always looking to evolve, always looking to get better, always looking for what can be tweaked and, and, and increased and, and things of that nature. So I, so that takes shifting this whole dynamic of what observation is. Um, but I, I have found in my own personal experience that that is so much better because then you're, you're, it's not like this thing you have to be afraid of because the boss is coming in four times a year and you're like, ah, so, and if you don't respect them, that's a whole different conversation. Uh, okay, Tammy is up next. First, yeah. I want to say, Tammy, thank you for the kind words in the previous comments. I saw them. Uh, she's thank saying, oh, well, you didn't even know what they are. Oh, you said they were good. So <laughs> they I were. Thank you. Um, I'm in my 10th year of teaching, and I'm questioning if teaching is where I'm supposed to be. I have done a ton of praying and would be at peace to do something outside of my degree. Suggestions? So, isn't that? I think it's so fascinating, Tammy, because teaching is one of the only jobs I can think of where when people step away from it, that they feel bad. I don't think anyone's been like an architect for 20 years and they're like, listen, I'm just done architecting. You know, I just like, uh, I don't want to be architecting for the rest of my life. I've done it all. Um, 
And for whatever reason, maybe they fallen out of love with it. Maybe they found something new that they, they wanted to like achieve. And I think that like teachers look down on one another when, when they leave. Oh, you're leaving. Mm. Okay. I guess like they get, it's like, it makes you feel like we go, we go full Catholic on everyone, full Catholic guild on everyone. Um, and I say that as someone that grew up with the, I have to curb my Catholic guilt sometimes still when I'm talking to my kids. I have to check myself because my son will go stop trying to guilt us. And I go, you are right. I'm doing it again. <laughs> your mother and your grandmother are coming out of me. Um, so I think the thing for me is really having an answer as to what is next. And if you're praying about it, it's, am I sure as I can be that God is sending me here, right? Uh, and if so, I mean, look, if you're, if you're trying to go somewhere and you're feeling called to it, I really think that there's something to, how are you going to bless the people that you're blessing in the new place that you go? Right. So it's like teaching is such a purpose-driven occupation, but so many other things can be as well. I mean, like a lot of the folks that I read books on aren't even in education. They're people that own baseball teams, people that own hotels. They are chefs, they're restaurant owners, they're um, folks that have like other jobs, but they are pouring purpose into those positions. So I don't think it's, I think it's, you know, someone that left the classroom to do something else, uh, still in that wheelhouse, but slightly outside of that. Um, I think it's, if we are, if we know the following God is the answer, then have faith and follow God. Faith is acting like God's telling the truth. And so moving forward with that, how can you go wrong? Um, you can always come back to teaching. It's not like there's like too many teachers right now, mm. but it is, if you're feeling that, um, I also think that when we start getting there, right. I've had a video recently about quiet quitting, which is like when you just kind of like go in and go through the motions. Um, I'm not saying that you do that at all. I don't know you like that, but when we feel like we might be starting to do that, kids suffer, school suffer, culture suffers. Um, so it's being mindful of like, have I had my time or, or am I, do I still have something in this? Do I still have something to give? Or do I feel like this chapter of my life is done? I did it. I taught for 10 years and now I'm going to move on to something else and being excited about the adventure of that and, and what's next for you and what else you might have, who else you, you might be that you don't even know yet. Um, and you're going to take all that stuff from teaching people and the amount of patience and your new boss will be like, man, you never have to go to the bathroom. It's like, yeah, I have a super bladder because I was a public educator for 10 years. Um, my wife still is just like, I, you don't pee all day. I'm like, I can hold it forever. I take a sip of water and I'm like, oh my God, I have to go to the no, bathroom. No. <laughs> Which is TMI for I feel like I could listening. be like, if I was in a Marvel movie, I would have like some lame ass power. They'd be like, man, that guy never pees. I'm like, bro, I got, I'm on guard all day. It's an unknown superpower of all teachers. And yeah. I feel like people just don't know. That's like something 
people don't know about educators. Yes. Um, okay. Tammy is up next again with it question is. number two, uh, saying, I have a student who speaks Spanish. We have no ELL or resources to help him. I was told to do what I can, except I'm not okay with that. We are failing him. No child left behind. I'm fighting for him and refuse to give up. I have seen an increase in absences and still, and I'm still trying to find solutions. There is so much to this story. Um, sorry, you're only getting a snippet. So, yeah. you know, in just hearing you say that, I would love one. I would love to know what anyone else would do. If you could share in the comments, like if you have this situation and you have a good idea or you did something, please share that with everyone. So that Tammy's getting more than just like what I would do. Had the scenario before. Um, there's a couple of things that I do. One pushback is the number one thing, pushing back and pushing back and pushing back and pushing back, showing up to the board meeting, showing up to the, uh, to anything, anything that we have that I'm going to get answers because my hope is that I'm going to find someone that sees what's happening and sees the injustice in it. They see the, that we're failing a child that, and that it's not okay. It's not okay to fail any kid. And I've done this for kids at, with all kinds of social, emotional behaviors, all kinds of learning disabilities and learning differences and home lives and all this different stuff. Like I, I, that's my number one thing is pushing back. Right. And so, because my hope is that eventually we're going to find somebody that either gets tired of listening to me or in this case, maybe you get someone who has a heart for that. Maybe you get someone on the board. That's like, Oh wait, right. Maybe someone that's bilingual, maybe someone that came up like that. Maybe someone that had a brother or sister growing up that was in that situation, right? Immigrated to the US, didn't speak any English, put into a mostly English speaking school that didn't have a program for their brother or sister. And that kid really struggled and whatever the outcome of that, that weighs on people and something to hold on to. So if I, if I say it loud enough and I say it often enough, either I'm going to just get people to get pissed off and they're just going to want to give up and just be like, oh my gosh, please give her something to do. Like, what do you want? Two, having a plan. So what, so this is going to remind, like cause you to do some work. And this is why it would be really good to get comments from other people. And this would be a great thing to put in the Facebook group too. Is like, what would I, if they said, all right, oh my gosh, what do you want? Know what you want. Don't go in there and be like, what? I don't know. I didn't expect you to ever answer this. So having that idea. Then the third thing is what can you do now? So I had a young woman, my first year of teaching, uh, Demania, who spoke no English. I spoke no Spanish. And I wasn't about to learn Spanish because I had too, I, like, there was too much. I was newly married. Um, it, there was too many things on the plate, right? And I'm new teacher. I'm like, I'm not going to like, and we also didn't have like Duolingo or, or Rosetta Stone or any of that stuff back then. But um, I paired her up with another young woman. Uh, Nicole, who sat next to her, that was bilingual. I also started having demonia. And then I found out that some of her other friends who were just quiet in class, but I didn't realize that this is how far detached I was. I didn't realize that they only spoke Spanish also or or very little bits of English. So we started having an after school club for just kids that 
were in that realm. So you could either come in because you were bilingual and you could help out or because you were mainly Spanish speaking. And so we'd have like a whole party after school. I think I talked about this in the book. <coughs> I probably talked about it before, but it is, um, it was like playing music and eating snacks and working through it. It was getting out alternate versions of the things that we were reading in class. So the, for the Odyssey, I bought graphic novels. Um, even now, and this is not a paid ad, but like getting something like the Orcam read for your student, they can scan that and then it will read it in Spanish to you. You can, There's a whole bunch of different languages that it will read it in, right? So if you have it in class and you have a student that immigrates from China or um, I don't know, from wherever else, uh, they there's, I don't know how many languages are on it, but that might be a good thing to have in your pocket. So when your um, staff asks, that's there. And then it's how else are we meeting? Like what, like maybe, maybe getting together with your grade level team and saying like, what can, what can we do to support this child? Because then not coming to school, it's only going to lead to more of the same thing. How do we make sure that this kid is the last in his family that is working through this? Because they're going to be so prepared that like when their kids are coming up, they're not, you know, they didn't have to just go get any job or what job they could get or live the life that they could live because we didn't do what we are supposed to do, which is teach every child, right? So that's some of, I think that's a good jumping off point for where you can start with that. Um, someone also said in the comments to like, check out like, uh, well, obviously Google Translate and then like TPT has resources for ELL students. Oh, nice. And then, but get your admin to pay for them since they don't have any resources yeah. or answers. I thought that Fact. was really a great suggestion because yes. it's like, well, I'll solve the problem. You don't even have to get me the resources. If you go to them and say like, here, I want to get an OrCam Learn. Can you just pay for it? Can you pay for all and these they're not resources? Cheap. They're not cheap, but it's because they're friggin' awesome. And, oh, and there's nothing else out there like If you're going to go to your admin with something like OrCam, I would definitely bring all the benefits because it's going to help your struggling readers as well. Yeah. And it carries data. It's it's a really awesome tool if you look into it. But um, I thought those were some great suggestions. So on... on TPT, they have like, here's here it is in English, and then they have that same thing in Spanish. Uh, I seem to, I don't know. I All someone right. just suggested it in the All comments. Right. So yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, our next comment. Just, question. I love that. I know I say this all the time. I'm not just trying to pour out love, but like, it is like, I love the communal aspect of this. It would almost be so great if this was something a teacher talk was like all sitting around a table somewhere because people can really throw out an issue and then everyone is like answering it and helping out in real time. And it's like, you ask a question. So for those but, of you that don't ask questions or you just show up, that's fine too. Like you can just be an observer, but throwing it out there, man, you just don't know what you're going to get. Well, you can also yeah. write in the comment, like, Hey, this is a question for just the group for the comment section, not just for, not turn the heat down. Uh, I know. Um, not for CJ, but for the group as well. People do that as well. As long as you denote that in there, then I won't read it. But um, yeah, there was a bunch of comments in there, like in suggestions, awesome. little ones. So it's, I think it's, our community is wonderful. Uh, our next question, I am not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right. Menhernia. I'm sorry. We're horrible pronouncing really things. Terrible. We're going to relate that again, because we haven't said it in a while. Yes. When there's a lot of vowels involved, we are... We try. We love you. Decoding is not my jam all no, the time. I've got an app on my phone. It's called Pronounce, and I so, use it a lot. Just so. um, All right. They're asking, I start my teacher training in September. 
I have some difficulty with public speaking and I find that I rush when I talk. Do you have any advice? Uh, that's such a, that's a wonderful question. Here's why. When I get excited, I talk really fast. I don't know if anyone's ever noticed this in videos. I noticed it the other day I was editing something. When I get hype, I start talking fast. And when you have kids in class that have struggle, that struggle with processing or that maybe English is their second language, they're just like, you lost me. Like you just went a mile a minute. And the other mile a minute kids are like, we're right there with you. You're speaking just like we do. And, and then I'm like, all right, I got I to gotta chill. I think part of this is you're going to learn as you go. The other thing is checking for understanding, but not just saying, did everyone just get what I get, what I just said, or does anyone have any questions? It's literally going up. And once you start knowing who those students are, or you'll see the glazed look in their eye, asking them what you said, asking them what the first step is, asking them what they should do next. So you're checking for understanding. It's also about, and it's this is something that really gets under teachers' skin a lot of times because they, teachers hate repeating themselves. Why didn't you listen the first time? I find myself doing this. I take classes online for different stuff. And sometimes what is being said, if it's a live class, I'm stuck on that. And I'm thinking about it. And then the whoever's teaching will be like, how come no one's speaking back to that? Like, what do we do? Is everyone paying attention? And I'm just like, bro, I you just dropped some magic back there. And I I couldn't let it go. I just got, I was sitting with it. Um, so it's th this, this is, here's the line. Leaders are repeaters saying things over and over and over and over again. I know it aggravates teachers, but sometimes it's a processing delay. Sometimes you drop some knowledge that was really strong and kids had to sit with it. Sometimes kids aren't paying attention because guess what? School's boring most of the time. And even though you told them to pay attention, doesn't mean they're going to pay attention. So I'd rather just say it again than, than sit here and hope you're sitting, you're getting it or have you do nothing. So saying it over and over again, and you'll find your cadence. You'll also start to be able to check yourself. And I do this myself. You start learning how to like, uh, someone called me out on this last week. One of my mentees said that how, when I am telling them how I would say something kind to a student, my voice gets a little higher and a little softer. And that's because you start learning your flow and I know that it's not what I say all the time. It's how I'm saying it. And so I don't want to come off as a hard ass all the time. Sometimes I need to come off gentler. Sometimes I need to say things slower. Sometimes I have to put a pause in there. And you'll start, you'll start noticing that in yourself and you'll be able to self-regulate. So you're, it's, you're DJing in your brain. When do I speed up? When do I slow down? When do I put a pause in there? When do I have to run it back and say it again? You start learning these nuances. So that'll be something that comes. But the best way for now is leaders are repeaters and check for understanding constantly. And don't just say, Teresa, did you get that? You're good. Okay. Okay. It's show me. Then can you walk me through the first step? And if you don't know what it is, just tell me, just remind me. I've said this to my own kids all the time. My son, son, did you hear what I just said? Yeah, dad, I got it. I got it. All right. So what are you going to do right now? I don't got I don't know. I don't know what you said. Well, what the hell did you tell me that for? And then that's a constant conversation in the Reynolds house. It's <laughs> so true. Uh, all right. We're going to jump over to Lady B. Thank you so much for your super chat. Oh, thank you I so just much. I want to honor that and 
push your question up to Appreciate the top. Appreciate that. Um, saying, I used to be a special ed teacher. I gave it up after some traumatic experiences with toxic admin mm. and other teachers. I miss it. Should I go back? So, gosh. Here's the thing. I was talking to a mentee, and no one's going to know who this is, so I can tell you where he teaches. Um, I have a mentee that is currently teaching in Kuwait. And it's really difficult. Um, and one of the things we talked about was how difficult it is to be in a school when your values do not align with the values of the school. So some of my values and the reason I left my particular school, not education, my school, is that I think education, I think education is only ever about students. So students are first. But to put students first, we really have to put teachers first. Because if we're not pouring into our teachers, then they're not pouring into our students. And so when it's kind of like my relationship with my wife is more important to me than my relationship with my children. Because my, my wife doesn't benefit from the outpouring or overflow of love I have for my kids. You see, it's in marriages all the time, right? Where parents love their kids, but they don't really love each other anymore. But my kids absolutely benefit from the overflow of love that my wife and I have for one another. Because when mom and dad get along, things are just better in the house. Mom and dad aren't going along, I'll be in my room. So school's the same way. And so he had taught previously in Southeast Asia. And that was a wonderful experience for him. And we were saying the other day that he said, man, if I'd never left Southeast Asia, I might've thought that that was what the education experience was like. And I, that would have been really faulty on my end. And I said, yeah, but if you had only taught in Kuwait, you might have never gone anywhere else in your life. I'll tell you that where I started teaching, although there were aspects about it that I loved, like the students loved, my friends at the school and my little crew that I built or that we built together, un unmatched in anything else I've ever done. But when I went to my next school in West Philadelphia, it was so much better. And the thing we noticed was that people that came from schools that sucked or were not as good and then came to West Philly <clears throat> loved it. People that only ever taught in West Philly, they had all kinds of problems. Can you believe we have to do this? And there's this problem and that kid does this. And I'm like, you have no idea. You don't, when you grew up in Oz, when Oz is your first shot, you're like looking around like, Phew. Like if Willy Wonka had a kid, he'd be like, what? Oh, the chocolate river again. Oh, we're just eating candy trees, right? They just don't even understand because they, it's like you grew up in Disney world, right? You hadn't been to some shady, crappy amusement park. And that was your first experience. Then you came to Disney world. So what the, all, all of this to say you it's, is it possible that you don't know what greatness can be because you haven't been in a place that helped you, that helped foster greatness in you. That if you, it's like if you were ever in a bad relationship and now you just think like all men are toxic, all women are horrible, right? Because you never had that opportunity. So should you go back? I think it's worth a try, but I'll tell you this. There's two things you know now. One is what you're looking for. You have a stronger sense of what you're looking mm -hmm. for. I think the other incredibly motivating factor, and we're going to really go into this, and in, we have a workshop coming up on February 29th um, about classroom management through the lens of student engagement. I'm going to go deep into this. 
is also knowing what we don't want anymore. Some kids, and the way we're going to go into this in the workshop is that some kids have a goal and that's enough to drive them forward. It's the carrot on the stick, right? Some kids, the motivator is not that. It's what don't I want anymore? What do I want? I want to get away from poverty. I want to get away from violence. I want to get away from, you know, my having to live with my horrible father or whatever that is. Sometimes that's the driving factor. So in looking at new schools, don't look at it through rose-colored glasses. Look at it for exactly what it is and seeing, do they have things that you're looking for? What are your non-negotiables? And what are things that you will not put up with anymore? Um, and I think that that could be a really, now you're a different person. You're not the same. Um, you're not the same individual that went into that. You, you were You were maybe girl B back then. Now you're, you're grown ass lady B and you have a better understanding of who you are, what you want, what you think is important, what you want to do. Let that informed individual go look for another job. And it's, it's completely different. Oops. Oh, there's two of us. We're <laughs> I hate when I do that. <laughs> Wrong button. Uh, okay. Sonia is up next asking any suggestions on how to remove labels from kids that adults stick on them pre-delinquent, dumb, etc. That's terrible. I think these are some these are some good questions. You know those good questions when there's dead air. When I just gotta <laughs> like take a breath for a second. Um isn't it so funny how those those words stick so much better than the good ones, right? I think that's a good place to start with kids. That when you're told you're stupid, you're dumb, you're not enough, you are, you're, you have ADD and that's bad. You have ADHD, you have dyslexia. And we look at it like that is the, like, ugh, ugh. now I got, you know, how difficult that is. There's a, there's a follow-up in here. Oh, sure. She says, uh, they don't bother to look at the reasons for some types of behavior yeah. and address that. They just complain and label kids as horrible and hopeless. Yep. Um, here's, here's where that becomes a, an easy game for you. Because Sonia, when we have students that are like that, we identify, I identify those things, right? Like I have kids that I'm like, listen, I know. I talk to your mom. I hear, I, I know what's going on here. I know this is where, you, where you're coming from. And I need you to know that, damn it, man. And this is my own language. You can change this for how you want. Because I know some people, the word love, especially in dealing with like, maybe I wouldn't, I was far more careful with this when I think when I taught female students, but like when I was teaching all all boys at like, and when you teach all boys, everyone is just like super like it's like we got to flex oh, every day is hundred percent flex every day. Um, I just look at dudes in their eyes and tell them like, bro, you need to know that I hear all this other stuff, but I love you for exactly who you are. I think you are wonderful. God doesn't make mistakes, bro. And so you need to recognize that. And in sharing that with kids, it makes me emotional even saying that because I can, I'm thinking of certain kids and I know where they were coming from. And, Letting kids know and then 
proving it, right? Because love is a verb. So you, you can say some stuff, but you got to mean some stuff and do some stuff to back that up. Telling kids, I'm not giving up on you. Why would I ever give up on you? Forever. Like I have, and, and those are relationships that you build and they never go away because people get addicted to that. It, it is like so, but, but it doesn't come in easy at first because when you get hurt, you now have to have scar tissue. You have armor on that repels everything anyone else says that you're stupid, that you're dumb, that you're great, that you're wonderful, that you're blessed, that bounces off kids. And so I just got to, I wear them down. I wear them down with love over time. Right. And it's doing it all the time with all things. It's getting other people to do it. It's bringing other people on board. So like, I'd be like, yo, Cho, this kid has no sense of self-worth or confidence. And we would just constantly be pouring into this kid and some real stuff too. Like when you're acting out of pocket, I'm going to call you on that, but you know why I'm calling you on it? Cause you know how I feel about you. You know, you're important to me. So that's why I'm not going to let you just walk the streets acting a fool. Right. But, and we pull in my boy Meeks and my buddy Stu and like, you're pouring, you're pulling in your people and making sure that you are like just showering this kid with care and love and attention and doing that with everyone that needs it. But the only thing that breaks darkness is light, but it has to be in, in, in equal or more measure. And so showing up and then knowing that just because you're saying some stuff, just because you're loving on someone doesn't mean that it's going to ignite them right away. Some kids it does. Uh, and other kids, it doesn't some kids it does. And it's like a, it's like a firework and they're just like, get better. And then it fizzles out and you just got to keep doing it because eventually you're going to get to that grand finale, but it's like just doing it over and over and over again. And then I think doing that out loud, it changes culture. So what has to shift in your school is school culture, because these, these folks are going to keep doing that. Um, and so I, I will call people on it. That's, that's a choose your own adventure also, but it's also loving people out loud in public, that's what really shifts culture. Um, and so maybe thinking about some ways that your school can do that. Maybe thinking about, can we, next time we have a grade level meeting and all the ninth graders are there or something like that, can we love people out, out loud and say like, yo, I just want to shout out, you know, Aaron this week for doing this thing. I want to actually sh shout Bryce out this week for doing this thing. Um, having student of the week, having student of the month, having student of the marking period, um, kind of student of the week, you know, finding ways to make kindness, the culture in your school, I think is, is the move too. All right. Um, next up is, is that Ray? Yeah. All right. Or Re Raya? Raya. Yeah, I like that spelling though. Um, okay, she's asking, I teach computer science in the UK. Some of my students have such little confidence and have no incentive to try because my subject is optional. How do I motivate these students? That's worst, right? When you're teaching like an elective or not, it's something that's not like a core curriculum class and like kids don't care because, or they're just like, I don't need this grade anyway. Like this isn't even important. So the question you have to answer in your quiet time is why does this matter? And it can't matter because like you have to find a way that matters. That's real world and also extremely practical. One of the things, so in this workshop that we're going to do, 
one of the things we're talking, and I'm not just trying to I'm not just trying to pepper some workshop talk in there, but it's really like this made me think of it. Um, every why we give kids, even if it's super important, can't be in the distant future. It has to we have to find some ways to be more immediate. So I'll give you an example. Um, let's talk about sex. Uh, let's go full salt and pepper. So if you, my wife is, my wife is what are you talking about? So, because everyone that wasn't paying this? attention, right? Whoa. Everyone that wasn't paying attention, they were like, what are we talking about now? If you are going to get fit, lose weight and gain muscle and get in the best shape of your life, that, that can take, like, I've been working out for 47 weeks, non every single day of the week, um, five days a week, right? Uh, and man, that nonsense of like, can we give it three months, right? Bro, this shit, it takes a year, right? Like it takes a year to really see your body begin to transform. Now you'll notice things along the way, right? Like you'll notice like you're losing weight, you're gaining muscle, you feel stronger, you sleep better. All those things are true. Um, but to where you want to be, you're not seeing that person in the mirror for a year and you got to get your diet right too. So so if you just tell someone that no one's going to work out, there's like two people, two psychopaths that are going to go for it because they know it takes a year, right? So what do we have to do? So if we're so equivalent to what you're doing, telling students that it takes a year or that you're going to need this in college or you're going to need this when you grow up or whatever, it's too far away. But one of some of the things that you're going to talk to people about if they are losing weight and getting in shape is how much better your sleep's going to be, how your sex drive is going to go up how you are, um, you sleep better and you feel better, how you feel stronger, how you're more cognitively aware of things that are going on, right? There's all these other benefits you're going to see on the way. So for me in English, it's, I'll tell you how I do this. And then you can maybe take some of this and, and connect it to, as you're thinking about like, what are the core components of, of your class is why do I have to write a journal every day, Mr. Reynolds? Because you're important and telling your story is important right? Taught my school's all black males. And so it's black males in the U S are the, are the, I it is the demographic that, that graduates high school, the least, they have the lowest graduation rate of any other demographic in the United States. And so telling my students that you're important, that your story is important, that how you speak is important, that your vocab is important, because I want you to be able to speak your mind, speak your truth, be able to to actively listen to other people, be able to speak your truth, but not get caught up in the words. I have vocabulary be a barrier for you, right? So it's walking them through. And I, and it's not just in your life. It's right now, right? It's when, when a teacher does, um, is dismissive to the class and you're going to write an email, not just being like, why are you always doing, talking like that to us? Why are you always being so mean? It's like, it's being able to eloquently and effectively share your, your, your feelings and your point of view without it getting caught up in just your emotions, right? So it's, what are those pieces for you in the immediate? I'm going to tell you one thing that everything is computerized and right. We already know this, right? So much is going the way of, of computerizing everything. So finding out what a kids want to do. And if that's connected in any sort of way to what your class is teaching, it's making that connection point. So you want to be a YouTuber bet. Let's, I'm going to show you how, what we're doing right now is going to affect you in that position. You want to be an engineer, bro, computers all day. So I'm going to show you how that's going to affect. 
and then looking at your curriculum and seeing if there's some things you can shift around so that we're still teaching the same thing, right? So when I taught my history of hip hop class, um, I can't rap, I can't DJ, I don't know graffiti art, and I certainly can't dance. Um, it is taking the lens of hip hop, right? Which is where my students' focus and attention was most of the time was on music that they were listening to and the things that they cared about. And then how can I teach imagery, symbolism, metaphor? How can I teach characterization? How can I teach plot? How can I teach all these different things through the lens of something you cared about? So I did I change the curriculum? Yes, but I was still teaching. I was still hitting all my core content standards. I was still teaching all of my learning things, all the pieces of the puzzle that they wanted me to teach, but just through a different lens. Instead of just having a poetry class, it was, I'm going to teach you through this modern day poetry. And that was how I did that. I hope that helps. Um, next up is Taylor asking, um, any advice for when you are being pulled to cover classes often? I really struggle with my management with kids. Uh, with kids, I don't know. Oh, I don't know that I have in class. Yeah. So this mm -hmm. sucks. I hate this also. Um, I have really good classroom management skills. Uh, it is on my list, list of things I'm gifted at, classroom management is, is damn near the top. Um, but when you get thrown in, it's uh, class, being good at classroom management doesn't mean you just like walk into a room of kids and you're just like razzle dazzle them. It's, it's hard, especially if the culture that was in there is one of chaos, right? So now it's like, oh, this is what y'all do every day. Um, mm. This to me means that the school needs to come up with a better plan because it's also, it's taking up your time, right? Because someone else's absence doesn't mean it should fall on me. So I'll tell you the way I did it and I don't recommend it necessarily, but I'll share it with you anyway, just out of transparency and I'll tell you what I think you should do. Um, I stopped covering classes. I did one a week and that was it because the year before I left the classroom, the school, we had like, so we were short, like seven, eight, nine teachers at a time. And that was just a revolving thing. Then we get some people in and they leave. Then there were people that were absent all the time because the school year was so hard. So you'd end up getting 12 to 15 coverages a week. Right. And Sometimes that was, we don't know what to do with these kids. We're going to put them in your fifth period class with your other students. Just have them do work in the back. Nope. Nope. So I just told them I wouldn't do it anymore. I said, you can give me coverages, but I'm not going to them anymore. I'll do, I'll give you one a week. Cause I realize that's where we are. And I feel like that's appropriate, but I have other things. I fill my other periods. I don't have off periods on free periods. Um, I have periods. I'm doing stuff with kids that aren't in my class right now. And so the way, so that's how I did it. The way I suggest you do it is you have to sit down with your team and say, there has to be a better way. Um, someone on your team has to have a good idea and then just throw them out there. They don't have to be the best. They don't have to even be good, but just creating this culture of here's a problem. How can we better solve this? This has got to be aggravating other people too. And because going to admin with no answer and just a problem, it might work, maybe, but you're better off having a solution and going in with that. And that's how I kind of roll with that is like, let's come up with a better plan because this isn't working and it's the worst and it's actually worse for kids. So what would it be, what would it look like for us to hire subs, right? Like our school, we, 
the way we did it, and this kind of sucked, but it was better. All I liked it better than the alternative. Um, as the years went on, I had more and more and more sick days, but I don't get sick and I don't take days off. So they said, if we can take the sick days that are potentially, we're potentially paying people out for at the end of the year and everyone gets the same, like, I don't know, four or five, sick days a year, whatever it was, we can allocate those funds to having subs come in bet. I'd rather have that any day because I'd rather, because now I don't have to take days off because I'm burnt out because I'm not freaking covering 14 classes a week. So it's really, because it was like literally every off period and then some that, so coming up with some solutions, that would be a really great question to ask in the Facebook group as well to see like, how have people fixed this problem or, or at least alleviated some of it in their classrooms um, during the week? So that's what I would talk about. All right. I think we're, I think we're done. There's cool. a lot of chatting going on in the we'll chat it up. Listen, great. before you leave gang, I want to tell you that on February 29th, we are having, um, it's this classroom management, right? It is talking about student engagement, but man, I'm going into some stuff I never talked about before ever. And it's some stuff I've been learning It is stuff. I'm really excited. It's a 45 minute class. It's probably going to go an hour because I can't help myself. Um, and it is, but it's 39 bucks. The other thing is, look, y'all know somebody in your classroom that's struggling. You're in your school that's struggling this year. That's like thinking about quitting. They're thinking about getting out. They just, they thought it was going to be different. Just passing it along. Send them an, send them an anonymous email. It's like, it's like, get it to them somehow, some way, and just let them know that it exists. If you can't afford it, let us know. I'll give it to you for free, right? I don't want people, like if you are really, really, really can't handle it, let me know. But also asking your school, like schools have money for professional development. They just ill spend on all the nonsense that they have come to your school as, yeah. as professional development. I'm looking at this camera. We're over here. Oh, so um, it is asking your school. And as my one of my heroes, Pat Croce, says, all the, what's the worst they can say? No, it wasn't going to happen anyway if you didn't ask them. So like the worst thing you can hear is no. And um, yeah, so that's going on. Uh, we'll put the link in the description or it's pinned in there already or, or in not in the description in the thing. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, it's going to be in the uh, in the description for this as well. And but, if you need any help, if people have already signed up, if you don't know what to do, because you could just buy one workshop, you could buy all four. Any questions. There, any questions, just email she us. She will answer. Yep. I have no idea about any of the tech side. She does it all. But Trying. Learning. Cool. Anything else, love? Nope. Have a great week. Gang, have a wonderful week. Thanks for being here. Um, and we'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Peace.